0: So voting against this offer won't stop the development, but certainly would bring a halt to future cooperation.
1: That was Geraint Jennings, and I'm Fiona Potany, News Editor of Bailiwick Express. Next week, St Helia parishioners will be asked a 6.5 million question. Should they agree to sell a significant amount of land to the government to make way for the new hospital's controversial highway? That land includes the Inn on the Park car park, People's Park car park, Pearson Road and the much-discussed Jersey Bowling Club, which will have to move from its home of more than a century. It's a vote that has been a long time coming, but faced several roadblocks along the way. In February, parishioners blocked any sale of parish land until more details about the new access route up Westmount Road were provided. While a potential deal was being thrashed out, information about the road was slowly drip-fed, leaving some parishioners furious. Government officials had their request to only share the details with parish figures privately turned down, and it was only as a road committee meeting this week that full plans were finally provided to the public. The deal parishioners will be voting on next week goes much further than simply transferring land for cash. Some sweeteners have been thrown in too. The government says it will pay for a new home for the bowling club at Warwick Farm, it will create a new rainwater tank the parish can use under People's Park, that it will make up for anything lost, whether petanque courts or trees, and that it will foot the parish's legal bills. But taking the deal means accepting a potential loss too. More than 100 parking spaces could go. The problem is it's a take-it-or-leave-it deal. If parishioners don't like one element, it all falls through. So what next if that does happen? And if it does go ahead, what will the parish be splashing the cash on? I spoke with Procureur de Bien-Public, Geron Jennings, who is responsible for looking after the parish's finances. He started by providing some background on the parish's negotiations with government.
0: Well, first of all, we wanted uh, the right site uh, for the hospital. And, of course, we've been involved with the previous discussions over the two-site solution for Gloucester Street and Overdale, for two different um, applications for redevelopment at Gloucester Street, uh, the changes which would have to be made in the surrounding uh, roads, the parish roads. Uh, and of course we were especially keen to be able to preserve uh, the public asset uh, of residents and ratepayers of St Helier and of course everyone who works and lives and enjoys St Helier as a place of people's park for events, uh, for open space and to ensure that uh, you know, these assets were not sacrificed unnecessarily uh, for a hospital. So the Overdale site was very much um, supported uh, as an option uh, but there was always a question, even going back to the two-site solution, you know, what about the access? And, uh, of course, we were very concerned with um, proposals to um, uh, put a road up through Valandre, land which had been, you know, uh, ceded to the parish um, as part of the deal for the uh, electricity station in Westmount Gardens, that um, we might have made a deal to um, gain some land after having lost some park and then lose that park in turn. So um, there was a feeling that, um, you, know, you know, there was a difficulty in preserving our open space and satisfying the needs uh, of having a hospital. And obviously there was um, a desire to have the hospital handy for um, town, for St Helio residents, and to keep this sort of activity uh, within the town, adding to the vibrancy, the economy, uh, and St Helier as the hub of island life, whether in sickness or in health. Mm-hmm.
1: So, when they started a uh, bit by bit revealing the plans to you for this this access route via Westmount, what were the initial thoughts?
0: Well, it was very difficult to tell because what um, you know, so many people have been asking is, what is the nature of this road? What's the nature of the access? What's it going to look like? And quite often, uh, many of the answers have been very technical in terms of engineering, um, which makes very little difference to most ordinary people's understanding of what a road will be like. They want to know about the width. They want to know about the the impact on the visual area, uh, what the access will be. And obviously, with the um, uh, proposed loss of um, the long-established bowling club uh, in that location, uh, potential impacts on heritage, uh, the very familiar uh, rocky outcrop, and you know the look of that um, particular place. People were, you know, very concerned with what it would be like, rather than how it would be engineered. So uh, that was one of the reasons why the parish assembly was so concerned to see visualisations and proper plans rather than uh, technical and engineering explanations, and why the parish assembly voted not to permit the parish as municipality to engage uh, positively uh, with the government in terms of uh, negotiations, uh, in terms of allowing uh, testing which would be uh, intrusive, um, but certainly some things could be done you know, outside uh, those realms uh, in terms of exchanging information and in terms of looking at what is the value, what does the government actually want to acquire in the name of the public from the parish, what would the impact be, how would the government make good on any land it uh, decided it needed and would take, and uh you know, things like trees so although we felt very bound by the parish assembly decisions there were certain things we felt we had to do in terms of the oath of office of a procurer to um look after the public good uh ensure the um the, the the welfare the legal status and the interests of the parish uh its residents and ratepayers are properly um, taken into account. And um, the question was, you know, were we, were we you know, prevented by the parish assembly decision from actually putting an offer received from the government to a parish assembly? And we decided that really, given the size of the offer and the ramifications of the changes, uh, it would not be fitting for us to um, say, well, the parish assembly has voted against cooperation and therefore we have to reject this out of hand. No, we have to put it to a parish assembly so the parish assembly can decide whether to accept the government's offer.
1: At the time the deal was being put together the government hadn't released its full access plans to the parish. It had previously refused to do so in public at a roads committee meeting which the parish obviously objected to and the government has only outlined them in full this morning. Was not having that information a barrier to getting together this deal?
0: What happened was the government eventually put in its um, planning application so that in effect covered what the basis of uh, their proposals would be and um, Uh, that was in line with um, the various parcels of land and the various uh, side it's very important but comparatively it's a side issue of relocating the bowling club and the necessary land swap or compensation uh, which would accompany um, as part of the offer Um, and really in terms of um, you know what sort of landscaping the government wanted to, to, to do which is uh know comparatively minor I think but needed to be part of the deal and it need the planning application needed to go in because I think we were quite clear we weren't going to go back to a parish assembly without having detail and um, the government are very keen to get um, uh, the offer before a parish assembly as soon as possible but obviously you know we have to be in possession of the detail the planning application had to be in and we have to allow enough time to be able to actually go through the formalities required to actually call a parish assembly on the particular topic, uh, which is why it's um, pencilled in for the uh, 15th of December, because um, there's no way of actually uh, legally calling a parish assembly without getting the paperwork out and the necessary notices out, Mm -hmm. and especially given the current... um, you know, a pandemic situation, actually preparing for a large number of people assembling uh, on a potentially heated issue. Mm. Uh, And with Christmas approaching, um, it was, uh, you know, very tight. And um, we thought, well, we'll be criticised if we go too near Christmas, but if we don't give people enough time to be able to actually um, look at the planning application for the roads committee to actually consider... Uh, what the government is proposing technically uh, as well as how this fits in with um you know the property uh it proposes to acquire from the parish and the various other issues uh then it's it's a compromise in terms of timing and the amount of information we've been able to get out in advance but uh, i think i can honestly say you know nobody can say that it could reasonably have been got out sooner Uh, than this because we weren't going to go to a parish assembly without having a proper offer um, uh, which which told the whole picture and um, saying yeah there are things to be sorted out later like the bowling Mm club so that won't satisfy anyone.
1: Well let's just uh, talk about the bowling club Uh, Quickly, That was obviously a big sticking point. That was a big talking point for everyone. Um, So under this deal, uh, there'll be a land swap. So the bowling club has been offered one of potentially three different spots around Warwick Farm.
0: It's a land swap in the first proposal. So the uh, government will build a replacement facility for the Jersey Bowling Club. um, And they've pencilled in three potential sites up at Warwick Farm. Yes. The bowling club has said it's happy, well it's not happy at having to move, but in the circumstances it's satisfied that the replacement facility will be an acceptable replacement and they'll be able to carry on their bowling activity and their club things in the new location. The parish wasn't intending to really go along with half a deal which wasn't acceptable to the bowling club. The government builds the new facility at Warwick Farm and then that new bowling club is then transferred to the parish of St Helier as parish property in return for the parish transferring the current bowling club land to the government for the uh, realignment of Westmount Road.
1: What happens if the bowling club decides it doesn't like any of the sites at Warwick Farm?
0: If the government is unable to deliver, say for planning application reasons, on the new facility at Warwick Farm, then there's a cash offer to the parish of St Helier and a cash offer to the Jersey Bowling Club. So the parish would be um, compensated for the loss of the uh, existing site, and the Jersey Bowling Club would be compensated for the loss of their bowling Facility, but they'd have to find uh, another site and pay for it out of the proposed lump sum. But we are fairly confident that um, the government uh, have found something which is acceptable, and um, you know the, the exact location within the government's already owned land may may be tweaked, and the accesses for the um, club members may be tweaked. Um, but uh, in it, in, in effect, as part of the deal we think that's an acceptable swap. And if it's acceptable to the bowling club in terms of their activity, then the parish is satisfied. And um, uh, the bowling club leases the existing property uh, from the parish. And with the land swap there would be envisaged a new lease um, coming into uh, effect to cover the new facility.
1: And why was it that... um we were told that Warwick Farm was on the table as an alternative site um, for the bowling club. Then there appeared uh, the, to be the case that, that it wasn't on the table anymore. And then there was, um, as we've seen in in this deal, that it's now um, the preferred site once more. Was that something that the parish was involved in this kind of discussion? Was there an alternative preference on the table at another stage? It was, it was
0: the government's responsibility to find an alternative site, either on government-owned land already or by acquiring an alternative site and as we know with government sites uh, opinions vary plans vary and it has always been a, um, a difficulty with proposals oh well we'll compensate for the loss of parish park with some park land elsewhere and it's always been one of the critiques of this sort of attitude that if the government had appropriate land elsewhere to be building a hospital on, they'd be building a hospital on it, Um, but they haven't had that land available or they've earmarked it for other purposes or it's not been suitable. So, you know, why does the government need parish land? And so we've always been clear that we need full value for the parish land and not be fobbed off with a promise of some replacement park or replacement facilities somewhere else unidentified at some time in the future uh, whereby there would be a gap in provision of um, parkland open space uh, uh, the facilities and obviously with the cash offer from the government on the table uh, the cash is only paid once contracts pass once planning permission has been granted and so, obviously, whilst construction is going, there will be some loss of park and access while building's going on. Uh, but we'll have cash in the bank to be able to invest at uh, some point when there's decisions to be made uh, in some, you know, something of value to the parish, which will be of value to um, ratepayers, residents, voters, and hopefully everyone uh, who uses St Helier as a hub of island life. Mm.
1: Currently, there are 157 parking spaces sitting on the land the government wants to purchase. Most of those are in on the park, Victoria Park and Pearson Road. But under the deal, the government's only replacing around a third of those, most of which being residential, which means around 100 will be lost for the public. Why has St Helio accepted this as a state of affairs?
0: It's partly because there's a strategy. There's a parking strategy There's a transport strategy, the Minister is supposedly explaining this, it all fits in. Quite how it fits in is unclear, Uh, but the government will be in the short term uh, offering parking in lay-bys, but once the new hospital uh, uh, facility, or at least the new car parking up at the new hospital site uh, is in place, uh, then uh, places in Patriotic Street will be available to be reallocated. So in the short term, you know there will probably be a shortfall, but that would be the case wherever new facilities were being uh, provided. There is a question over whether the anal- government's analysis of what the demand is is correct, because what may suit people in terms of parking and especially with, say, white vans and these sort of vehicles, which currently park alongside um, People's Park, whether um, those people will want to park in a lay-by on the front and then later in Patriotic Street. If there's a a parking strategy from the minister coming, which is going to reallocate and explain how these things are going to be done, Um, and if a lot of the Parking, which is currently being used for patients and staff at Patriotic Street actually moves up to the new hospital site at Overdale. Uh, There's things in the mix. But it is um, certainly, I I think, uncomfortable uh, as to um, the way the transition uh, will go. But that will be a lot of the situation with the park and the access and the roads because there's going to be construction... There's going to be um road changes and um, although things will you know be made good, uh trees will be replanted, uh obviously trees some trees will be lost in their current locations, uh some trees may be moved, uh but it will take several years for um uh the vision of the new development to to actually settle down.
1: Will Sinhallia be pushing for the full reinstatement of um, the parking spaces that are lost? So, as I say, that's around 100 um, once the process is complete. Obviously, there have been some vague commitments around uh, bringing back some of them, but none of that's down in in writing in in the heads of terms.
0: Uh, If we had real confidence uh, in the government's transport strategy, if there was any clarity as to... um, you know, how they were going to manage car parking, how the cycle routes were going to connect up, how the walking routes will be done, uh, how the transport hierarchy is going to be sorted out. You know, what is the future of a town bus service uh, in terms of um, you know serving this? And what is the situation with this new uh, multi-storey car park up at Overdale uh with a shuttle bus running you know to what extent will this actually be in effect a park and ride what are the policies which are going to be put in place uh to actually manage this but this is the uh sort of situation where the government says yeah but we're developing transport strategy transport is changing and um there are expectations uh as to what will happen but um uh, there, there will be at least one large election uh, between now and then, so um, quite a lot of the government's priorities in terms of car park usage may may change, even if a new car park and new parking facilities are actually built.
1: One element of the deal that might perhaps sound unusual to people is leasing People's Park to the government for £100 a year to build a rainwater tank. Can you elaborate on that?
0: Well, there's already a um, run-off surface water tank, under People's Park and that was um, done uh, in association with the residential development uh, up in the quarry and up there to ensure that um, uh, the surface water didn't run off, overwhelm um, the uh, existing uh, network and in fact um, uh, the parish did an agreement to um, put in, uh, to allow a water tank to be put in under People's Park People won't notice it, but there is um, an access point, and it's much the same sort of deal that the parish can draw water. So, say for watering parks, we don't need to use drinking water. We can use some of this surface runoff water, free of charge. Uh, uh, and um, you know, uh, obviously, if in the process of taking the water out of the um, out of the tank, we. Uh, Uh, damage it we have to make good but otherwise it's um uh it's in there and um you know does no harm but it does in the short term mean a bit of digging up and relaying and building tank but it's been done before there's one already there and this will ensure a a sustainable and environmentally friendly water supply uh for the parish for its parks and um you know other other purposes like um, washing down or you know, where we don't need drinking water and it would be wasteful to use drinking water you know, for these sorts of um, uh, municipal purposes. So in fact um, it's, um, it's a good deal for the parish and it's a lease situation. The government will have to install and maintain this um, tank and um, uh, it seems to us not to be you know, problematic
1: was there anything uh, that St Helia really wanted that didn't make its way into the deal?
0: I think it's really I, th- I think I think the deal is difficult to place in a wider context. What the roads committee would have liked would have been clarity on on the residence access on you know not just for the Within the boundaries of the project, Uh, how are the cyclists going to get across town to access the bottom of Westmount Road for this new active transport corridor? How is the bus service going to fit in to provide a better public transport for the town area and the surroundings? How is the extra traffic of staff and patients going to affect the residents around there, uh, you know, in Tower Road, First Tower, uh, La de Saint-Aubain, you know, how is this really going to affect the Esplanade and, you know, other residential areas uh, and developments being affected? How does this link up? I think that's really the, um, you know, one can say that what's proposed is interestingly engineered, uh, it may be well done, uh, it may be necessary, but uh, not seeing the bigger picture, the wider context, and how this development will benefit not just this area, but also the wider area and how it fits into the government strategies is really, I think, what we uh, haven't seen and what has frustrated uh, voters, ratepayers, residents, and everyone with an interest Um because uh, I think we've had a lot of um, talk about uh, the clinical facilities, you know, the treatment and all that within the hospital, and how this fits in with a uh, a health strategy. But how the physical changes and how the different different accesses and the changes and disruption in the parks, how that fits into the wider picture, I think is something where you know, uh, obviously, the experts and the consultants have been focusing on the job they've been given and we haven't had from the government you know the the wider vision and you know something to really enthuse us you know to go along um, with something which hopefully will give us benefits even though it's disruptive and annoying and we have some losses uh, in the short term
1: Turning to the deal itself do you think it's a good deal as it stands
0: In terms of value for what the uh, government is offering uh, in return for taking this uh, property from the parish, this land, uh, it represents fair value. I have no hesitation in saying that um, it's a fair valuation, it's realistic. If we were selling the land, uh, one one could say, well, this bit Perhaps a few thousand less, this bit, perhaps a few thousand more. But the overall package, and it is one package, takes an whole. It offers fair value in terms of the cash value. The government is offering to pay the parishes reasonable costs. So professional costs in terms of um, you know any valuation or the legal costs to get the contract through. Uh, the government is offering to pay that. Um, so it doesn't matter how complicated the contracts are to get this deal through. Um, the parish won't pay it. The government will pay it under this deal. Uh, also, where the government takes a bit of park or a bit of land, uh, it has to reinstate um, landscaping paths um, the other side and uh, reroute the paths because they're no no longer going. They'll be going into a brick wall, as it were, or into a bank, not into a. Uh, not into uh, an extra area. Some petanque pitches will have to be um, reprovided to the satisfaction of the parish. You know we get um, a lot of as it were extras sorted out uh, with this to enable the deal to go smoothly from the government's point of view and from the parish's point of view without us having to uh, say well there's extra expense involved in getting this bit through
1: so you're killing a lot of birds with one stone it's, it, it is
0: a it is a comprehensive package and what happens if the deal doesn't pass whether the parish whether the parish assembly wants to agree with it in terms of do they like it then one can say well the the government has compulsory purchase powers and they can go ahead and exercise these compulsory purchase powers and although the states have um put some conditions in terms of um, replacement facilities, there isn't that sort of um, or almost goodwill you know, sewn into the, into the offer in terms of this will be done in cooperation with the parish. Mm. If the government exercises its compulsory purchase powers, which it could do at any point, even after having voted the deal, uh, it could decide it's just too difficult with legal matters. It'll be easier just to vest the property Uh, once planning permission has been given uh, in the public of the island through compulsory purchase powers uh, then we don't uh, the offer is off the table and we don't get some of the you know other things which enable the deal to go through smoothly so voting against this offer won't stop the development but certainly would bring a halt to future cooperation because if the offer is accepted then the parish will be cooperating on the reprovision and the re-landscaping and um, all these other things. If the offer is rejected of course then the government will not have uh, to cooperate in the same way as it has offered to under the terms of this deal and also of course um, the uh, compulsory purchase would then involve an arbitration as to the value of the land now, so far, both sides have agreed that this is a fair value, but the government would take that offer off the table and would probably argue that, under the circumstances of compulsory purchase, um, uh, it would like uh, it would like a lower valuation of um, the the various areas of the land taken separately or together, and the uh, parish would have to argue, in fact, that um, uh, what the government offered. Was fair value when we agreed it, um, and it's fair value at arbitration.
1: And does the parish have any other tools in its armory that it can use at that stage to try and ensure that it gets the best possible deal for itself?
0: Uh, it's independent arbitration, so we'd be, but we'd have to, um, you know, employ professional, you know, uh, surveyor and, um, you know, legal opinion in order to um, you know, go through the arbitration process. So we'd be spending money even if we sort of got the um, same uh, compensation as is on offer from the government um, with the offer that is proposed. Of course, under arbitration, the arbitration could say, actually, you know, the value is more. We don't think so. Technically, it's possible, but um, we don't think it's worth rejecting this offer um, in the hope that um, arbitration would eventually decide that um, there was a slightly higher valuation on the uh, property if and when it was compulsorily purchased.
1: So just to be clear, obviously St. Helia got it and its own valuers to look at all of the land and come up with valuations. Do the proposals that the government has put forward match those valuations that St. Helia wanted?
0: Uh, I think it's fair to say that over the overall package, you know, if you add up all the little bits and the bigger bits together, uh, and there's a question about you know, what is the value of a small bit of sort of rocky headland or scrubby slope you know, in isolation? Is there a value together? What's the value of the whole thing? Uh, and then taking into account what it would take to acquire a similar amount of value, you know, to what extent is it just the value of the land because it's undeveloped or undevelopable because it's a near vertical bit of slope? Uh, or it's just open space, a bit of open space, but a bit of open space can be very valuable to families, to residents, even if you can't build on it, even if you don't build on it. And to what extent could one build on it or could one provide car parking in the event if one got planning permission, what would be the value? So there's plenty of um, things about what the likely value of this is as it stands or what it could be in the future. Uh, and also what is the loss of the amenity in terms of parking or access. It's a matter of sort of professionally judging what it would be on the open market if there was a willing buyer, and there are very few buyers for sort of random bits of um, bushy, scrubby edge of parkland or uh, bits of slope, Um, but the government is the willing buyer. We have to say we have to get what we believe is the true value for this. We think that this is... Fair and reasonable one could hope for a little bit more, one might fear a little bit less, but we think this is a realistic and fair value, which is why we're agreeing to put it to a parish assembly because if we didn't think it was a fair value, then we would say so
1: And if the deal goes ahead, what might that money enable the parish to do?
0: Uh, what we're deliberately doing is not putting this you know because we're not getting the money immediately it's only if and when the government gets planning permission, For the hospital development, will contracts be passed and the money will be paid over? In the light of the development, we might think, because um, there'll be a slight effect on the children's playground as it exists at People's Park, so we've got time to think about um, children's facilities, putting children first, whether it's sporting facilities, whether it's open space, whether it's leisure, cultural, whether it's access, of course, walking, cycling facilities, bus stops, urban parks, country parks. Or do we look for social facilities uh, in terms of investing this at uh, a later date in you know facilities for um, sheltered housing or any of the other sort of um, projects which uh, we've considered or looked at or been involved with in the past? or things which are ongoing. So we don't need to rush into things, but certainly it's not an excuse for you know, a splurge. It's for sitting down, thinking, and of course it's only if this is voted, it's only if the hospital goes ahead with its planned commission, and you know, we'll take a, uh, a sober and serious thing of what would be the best usage for this in the light of what we've had to give up and what people have felt strongly about in terms of loss of trees, open space, access, visual amenity, and take that into account. But it will be up to a future parish assembly to decide how to allocate parish funds.
1: Garon Jennings, thank you. The Crucial Parish Assembly vote is taking place next Wednesday at 7pm in the Town Hall and you can follow BailiwickExpress.com and Express's social channels for all the latest updates. If you have any strong views about the proposed deal that you want to get off your chest ahead of that, you can email editor at bailiwickexpress.com. If you found this podcast interesting, please do share it. The title track was I Shift My Weight by Luno. More next week from me, Fiona Potany and the Bailiwick Express team.